And we are back with another episode, number 65 of the What's Really Going On podcast. Before we get into it, be sure to follow us on social media. That includes Twitter and Instagram at WRGOPod. Be sure to subscribe and listen on YouTube where you can watch all of our videos in full. Be sure to listen, like, and comment and share on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Finally, be sure to keep up with everything What's Really Going On on our official website, what's really going on pod.com. I am joined as always by Mackenzie and Henry. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. Henry. Hey, what's up? What's up? Oh, good lord. I thought the energy was yeah, the energy was low. All right. So we are obviously recording this on January 21st, the day after Joe Biden has been officially sworn in as our 46th president. Uh, so we'll just get a kick it off right there. What were your kind of official overall takeaways from the inauguration yesterday? My vice president went to Howard University. That's about it. <laughs> All the women, they, they look good. Like, oh, yeah, they look good. They really, really, really looked good. Michelle came out there uh, stepping, boy, stepping. And yeah. They, like, they sent a memo around, like, all the women got to wear chrome. One color, monochrome. Oh, it had yeah. to be, because that's kind of weird that everybody, like, did that pretty so, yeah. And not even just monochrome, but the long trenches. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a suit. It was a yeah. like, Okay. I see what winter fashion y'all yeah. hit. So that was cool. It, it um to me it was it was good to see like you know it was like well I'm gonna say this the inauguration they kind of tried to like wash out that like Trump existed. I'm gonna just say that to me because it's like Obama came in she, they like you know it was like he was passing the baton instead of like Trump um or even I to feel like they didn't even mention his name. Like right. I feel no, like there didn't. was no acknowledgement. Wash past he yeah. even happened. Um, because yeah. even to the extent like Bush was there playing friendly and he's a Republican, right? So it's like for me, it's like it hmm, how we, how does gonna really go down in history? Cause like you know, the Twitter conversation is oh, we're living through history right now. How is this gonna whatever? And I've been telling we're not telling, but like having just conversations. Um, and for me, I'm like, they're gonna like, okay, it was a global pandemic, the economy got struck, you know, and like the little like Black Lives Matters moments or whatever, those are gonna be subtitles. But the big stuff that's happening right now, like Trump, they're gonna be like, he served as president, he boosted the economy for this, and then the global pandemic happened and that caused da da da, da and then Biden won. Like they gonna just, they are not gonna talk about how like, the fact that Georgia, a Confederate state, just flipped blue. The Senate is not controlled by both. You know, the the Congress is controlled by you know, saying Democrats on both parts of the House. So it's stuff like that. There, I wonder how that's going to be discussed in history because we're seeing it, we're witnessing it, but like we just kind of attested to, like they're not even mentioning Trump. So how is he going to go down in history when he technically is the only president to get impeached twice? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they didn't mention him or Biden didn't mention him on purpose because, like, what what are you going to say? Like, I'm going to mention someone who just had this big moment at the Capitol who led it and he just got impeached. He's not here and he's kind of the it's almost like you knew who he was talking about when he was talking about division and we need to, like, fix up this pandemic. 
you knew who he was talking about, but it just served him no purpose to mention it, which I think is kind of like a very responsible thing because he's like, I'm moving on. Like, there's no point in me going back in the past, even though I think that it, that does have some importance, I think in terms of like our national conversation. But I think for him, he's probably just saying like, I'm just going to move on. Like, there's no point in me digging back in the past because like me taking shots at you or me, me mentioning you, I got a job to do, which is like, yeah. I thought it was refreshing. I mean, it was boring, but like, that's fine. Get to the, like, get to like why you're here, you know? Yeah. And I think like even um, his White House press secretary had her first uh, presser yeah. yesterday and it was just kind of like, they had asked her about, um, is he going to, you know, support Congress and impeaching or like holding Trump accountable for his actions? And she just said, that's Congress's business now. We're here. We're like moving forward. There's obviously a lot on their plate that they need to be focused on. And Congress and all of those other people, if you all want to still, you know, bring up Trump and give life to that, go ahead. But it is time to just move on. Like he's had four years and it's just been drawn out. So so to that point, though, like um, being that they're in this like move on stance and we've kind of said on our podcast, we we are hopefully in an age where we're holding legislators accountable when they're like being more progressive and fighting for our rights and whatever, whatever. But with them kind of like washing Trump away and then going back to this kind of whitewash conservatism, like how how does how do you think that's going to play is you know how does how is that going to go into play they're kind of watching trump out all this stuff that clearly caught like we've seen the big divide in the country and now they're trying to play like nothing happened let's just move i don't think they're playing like anything happened i don't even think that they're really like i think they're just not acknowledging or i don't think i don't think the biden administration is going to acknowledge trump anymore but as far as like holding congress and other parties and the fbi and all the crimes he's committed and been like accused of or whatever i don't know if they're gonna wash it away because those are still crimes you know and it's still like they might hold him accountable is the biden administration gonna hold him accountable no but i also don't think that it's necessary for that administration to do that everybody else yeah y'all can but yeah i think it's yeah like to go on mckenzie's point like there's just no at that point you're just picking a fight and I think for him, I mean, that was like the whole point of his presidency was like, I'll just do the job and that's kind of it. And I think as like corny and basic as it sounds, it's actually like what we need is someone to just be like, I'll just drive the car and I'm not going to focus on anything else but like getting stuff done. And I think yeah. we do need that. But I do think to Henry's point, I think it's interesting because I think that um we do kind of have a way of kind of like forgetting what happens a lot of times, especially when it involves like Trump or just like not even Trump, but like the broader Republican Party and all the stuff that they've done. That's actually something that I do worry about, because I think that now um, everyone's it's easy to have the conversation about like racism and white supremacy when it's Trump, because that's so easy to spot. But now that Trump's gone, the white supremacy is not going to be like oh, you know, there were fine people on both sides. It's going to be like, oh, I just, I'm going to lobby for a, you know, for a voter ID law bill and not understand how that in itself is like supporting white supremacy. So it gets like more nuanced and we can just, the media is just going to be like, oh, it's a disagreement of parties when it's like, no, one party's being racist, but like, they're not going to call it that because it's not as easy to understand. Yeah, I think that's something I worry about. 
even that though, like even with how even Bush, at least on Twitter, actually, no, I feel like in real life, like people have just how people have like totally forgot how he handled the re- yeah, his rebrand. Yeah, yeah. his rebrand. And people have like forgot, like, no, this man is actually pretty trash. Like he yeah. proved that he's racist or maybe not outwardly racist like Trump, but definitely some questionable things happen under your administration. So even Bill Clinton, I think our generation with Bill Clinton kind of like sees that no, he was low-key problematic. But the the rebrand of Bush though is actually very scary and actually very concerning. Yeah. I mean, and just to think like it happened in eight years. And I think like a lot of it is just the fact that like um you know, I, I genuinely do believe that, like, he seems like a very genuine, nice person. He just seemed like he was not up for the job. And I think yeah. that, like, the... Oh, no, you're not talking about Bush or Clinton, because I got confused on what you said, because... Mainly I Bush, but I think the conversation swings into how kind of, like, once you're removed from something, people tend to kind of have a better view of how things were. And not just... And it's, it's going to be harder to do that with Trump. But I think at the end of the day, when you look at the list of presidents, he's always going to be on it. So I think he's going to get more credibility than he actually needs. Like, you know, the closest example would probably be Nixon. Like, yeah, Nixon got impeached and he was going to leave. But like, people don't really talk about him as like the actual crazy person that he was to actually like go in and break into like the Democratic like building in the 60s. Like, I think we tend okay. to, okay. and just like in general, that. like history has a, tending of like kind of erasing what largely white men do that's bad and but that's my point well that was the point i was bringing up with saying how like they're washing past trump and how would this go down in history but i get i got a little like confused as i was listening to you all discuss how like bush has kind of like recrafted his image but to that same point like i guess us we know like it was like y'all kind of pinpointed like what he did with katrina and stuff like that like which wasn't a great person, but since he's left the presidency, he's at least kind of coexisted in this bipartisan space to where like- Yeah, he has, to his credit, to his credit. Right, right. But I think think then it's the the conversation that's absent is kind of like, we got in a war that we're still in, you know, with no evidence. (laughs) Right, because of you. And it's stuff like that that I think like people don't talk about. And I I personally think that's a problem because if us, I'm not a Democrat, but the Democratic Party is in this like transitional phase of trying to redefine themselves, figure out what they like, you know, what they stand for, who are their like essentially target audience. Cause we know as black people, like we largely support them, especially like black women, but these other groups, they kind of fall off and come in when they want to and how they choose. Um, so f- we all are aware of the fact that they're kind of like recrafting the brand, so to speak, yeah. right? So like with that being the case, I personally don't like the fact that we can like kind of like just ignore the history of these Republicans when they're blatantly disrespectful to our culture and what we stand for. You know what I'm saying? I would agree. And then Mackenzie, from like a from a news perspective, like how do you think not even like history will kind of remember Trump, but how do you think like the coverage of politics will change? Because I feel like um, and I'm seeing it like already, like I think the goalposts are kind of like shifting already in terms of how people are covering Biden and expectation setting, like as someone who like works in the news. And yeah, I think it's think already it's like, change? like seeing stuff. And I just hope after this week and maybe the month of June, I mean, July, or I don't even know what, January, hopefully it ends 
this month, but I'm just seeing a lot return to normalcy, return to normalcy. And I get that, but I don't want that to be like the standard, like, oh, he's doing, but he's doing so much better than Trump did. But no, he still like is pushing the needle just a little bit. Like he yeah, definitely- kind of like the bar needle. is really the floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes. The since the bar is, is so low, I really hope that people are still going to hold him accountable, truly hold him accountable, not just because Trump was so whack, but like Biden, you definitely- made promises, made commitments before you were in office and just, you still need to be held accountable. Or even like you said, the nuances, you, you could still participate in something that's racist. Are people going to call yeah. it out as racist just because it's not Trump? Probably I fear, not. I fear I just, no. And I feel like- Yeah, probably like, not. Yeah. And that's what I'm seeing now. It's just this return to normalcy. And it's just like, okay, like after this month, let's like stop putting the bar that low and like get back to like and that's my point that's my point it's like uh well we know we we all know as people what we just experienced but we know that the media the powers that may be they're gonna paint it as just like oh well we're back to normal everything's okay and it's like well nah and that's what i'm saying how are we gonna with us as democrats you know they're in this space of whatever they're trying to hold these people Look, we got the AFCs, right she's trying to call the people out and hold them accountable blah, blah blah how is she her and the squad and all these people gonna do that if the media largely and the democratic party will probably hop on board of oh nothing happened we're back to normal we're we're signing bills we're we're doing what needs to be done. We're not in war. We're not. We're not taking children from their um, parents. We're not yeah. building walls. You know. We're not yeah, so yeah. extreme. You know. Yeah. It, it, that's what I'm saying. How are we gonna hold them accountable if it's like Trump did all of this? They're trying to make it seem like it didn't happen. And then on top of that, the media and whomever else is paying like, well, we're doing what we're supposed to do again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost. No, go ahead, Mackenzie. I was just saying, I feel like we've already seen it now. I I feel mm. like Biden never outwardly committed to like student loans and like really like- No, said, he never did. Yeah. He never really did. But slowly but surely the amount that they're trying to decrease is like slowly smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's just like little things like that that I feel like- That's what I'm saying. Are y'all watching that, this? Right, right, McKinsey. Even that, though, yeah, like no, Trump wasn't gonna cancel nothing, but also like canceling five thousand. Because then exactly when he first better. said something about student debt, it was like forty thousand. Now it's ten. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just no, it now, like I 50. said, he never outwardly supported it, but it's still right. like right, right. So it's it you also didn't be like he he also didn't wasn't like I'm actually not gonna do that. So by the way before y'all elect me just know i'm actually yeah. don't support all of that so left it open yeah yeah and i and That's i think yeah i wish there was and i don't know who like the member is but i think like it would be good for kind of like the biden administration to have like a kind of like someone just like to poke them in the side of like here's where you need to be like i was talking to like my mother and she's in her 50s and she was just kind of like you know like biden getting in office doesn't really change much and I think that's the conversation that like yeah. we need to have is that like it don't change nothing at all. Right. And like we the, kind of said yeah. that the last podcast though, to where how we're like, or not even that last podcast, this whole time where we've kind of been like, well, you know, we're glad to see the first, you know, black female 
vice president and she's from our like Armada. Yeah. However, but if it doesn't come with anything, it's useless. Right. Yeah. We know yeah. they both existed in this, you know, conservative time period to where they keep it afloat and you know do this bipartisan thing. But if us black Americans, these minorities, the people of color, whomever want to actually see change in this country, we're gonna have to flip this. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. And we can't play yeah. by the we can't play by the archetype of which we've been playing by. We have to f- switch it up. We yeah, gotta and and the funny thing is, is that like Biden has the opportunity to actually do that, where it's like he really? has the house, he has his hand. I don't know, and I think that requires like somebody like know, ALC on his throat, or not even that. Someone even more important. He needs like, I mean. Probably but that's like the Cory Booker or like a senator. He needs someone to be like, yo, if you do this, like I'm just not for it. And you actually need my vote. Like I, I think he needs that. that point, who like uh, a I... higher ranking senator or whomever on his cabinet? Yeah, who who is who the is next, on his who, who gonna is be, the next? You know what I'm saying? Who is gonna be on his throat? Like we want him to like be like a Kamala was on people's throats when I mean the funny the thing is, is that if you wanted to get kind of like purely for power, I mean like and like they would never do this but like if cory booker and Raphael warnock were like we us two are going to be a voting block and you, you need us to get about to come in messing it up like that but, no but but, <laughs> Look, but, does that not make sense? but i'm saying does that not, that's what should happen that's how you actually get stuff done where you're like us two are voting okay, as one unit and you can either get 48 or 50 and but if to get 50 you then have to check and, me um yeah, I felt. Everybody's quiet. But okay, so like, how can because uh, we know that ain't gonna happen. First of all, Warner said I gotta be here at least two more years. Like, let me, <laughs> let me just get calm. I'm play nice with y'all boys. I mean, but, but that's anyway. I mean, but to your point, I think, and not to interrupt, but I think like. At a certain point, that's the cost of getting something done. Like a lot of people in the house lost their seats after they passed the Affordable Care Act. We if you want to get no something done, you got to risk your job, and that's just the cost of it. If you want to be there for thirty years and not do anything, that's your choice. Again, but if you want to get something Mitch McConnell done, McConnell in the Senate. What did you talk about, Noah? These people don't care about us. They are trying to care about preserving their images and protecting their little brand or whatever. No, but that's what he's saying. Like his yeah. point is there is a risk. And I feel like even outside of politics, any change, there is a strong risk of something not going your way. He, they, These people have to be willing to risk their job. And that's my question though. Do we have somebody there that's going to risk it all? Because you, when I asked the question originally, you said, well, ideally court book you. Or, or not, rather, here, here, here's my point. If they try, they will, but they have to start first because they often have conversations about you know, before they'll even try to do student loan reform, they'll get everyone together and be like, is this something we want to do? And is like, this something that you're willing to burn capital to do? Right. And, and that's, that's what I'm saying. When you had said that, you said that, and then I wanted to ask, so how can, I wanted to ask, how can us as citizens or whomever, us, us, us three, right? How can we get these people to be like, okay, this is what we need to happen or Warner, I just voted for you in the Senate. I mean, I think that's, the, that's the play. But that's the play is it's literally like we you did all this hooting and hollering and Keisha Lance Bottoms when after Atlanta police killed someone was talking about don't go out and protest, go out and vote, which was tone deaf. But like y'all did all this hooting and hollering about us voting and then we give y'all what y'all want. Y'all have all the majorities and you don't do anything. 
what's the point? What's the point? That's that's okay. the call. That's How do we point? hold them accountable? How do I? Because I I'm saying that I don't see and you. But that's kind the of play. Right. It's literally saying I will not vote for you if you do not do this. But how I how he like how do I tell him this? I I gotta write him a letter. You can call. You can write letters. You can get a bunch of people to call and be like, "Yo, if you don't do this, I'm literally just not gonna vote for you." So and we they need pay attention to, to that stuff. Organize and on Twitter too. Yeah, social yeah. media like right. right. So we need to organize a group of people to mobilize the message of this is what we're expecting as Georgia representatives since we just yeah and I think people are already doing that I think people know yeah. like if he doesn't if them stimulus if them stimuluses don't come quick it's done for them yeah that's I mean technically he's already strike one for me fourteen hundred dollars <laughs> when you said two thousand you tweeted two thousand dollars and that's but that's the thing I feel like with these politics. You're not even saying what you, if you would have said, um, yeah, $1,400, but you tweeted two days ago, 2000. Now you're coming back with 1400. That's like, that's simple and then, stuff. That's and like, then to make it worse, you're saying the 1400 that we give you plus the six that Trump gave you will then equal 2000. <laughs> like, well, that's what, what he was saying. That's what he was saying. That's why he said y'all get 14. We just but he didn't say that though. In the tweet, he said $2,000 stimulus checks, which would <laughs> imply to everyone besides him that it would be full $2,000. So that's already strike one. I also, think he, I also think he tweeted that to test the waters and then they were like, uh, people aren't budging for this. So let's- Actually, it's going to be 1400 So he's really already on strike one. So moving on to the big fact, since we're, everybody's clearly all worked up now. Um, hours after uh, President Biden's inauguration, he signed 17 executive orders, largely reversing the Trump era policies. To be quick, they include some things on COVID response. That includes uh, a 100-day mask mandate on federal buildings, employees, contractors. Uh, it brings back the coordination office that would have probably flagged COVID before it even got to be a big thing, which Trump eliminated. Uh, they will be rejoining the World Health Organization. Uh, in terms of finances and money, they will be extending the eviction and foreclosure in the foreclosure moratoriums, which will impact up to 11 million people they are pausing student loans until September 31st, which means they have September 31st to figure out how to cancel it. Uh, on the environment, they are rejoining the Paris Climate Accord, uh, ending the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, a couple other things that they did, which were not kind of as like forceful. Um, they said that the federal government will do all in its power to advance racial equity. They will count uh, non-citizens in the census, which is pretty big, and strengthen workplace protections for the LGBTQ plus community. They also did some things on immigration, including ending the Muslim ban and uh, stopping the border wall. So did anything kind of of that bunch get out of you? What caught me was the, um, of course, like the eviction and the, and the student loan piece. Um, but was there anything of that that kind of struck, struck out to you? Boring. <laughs> right, back to the north, <laughs> back to the north, back to the north. <laughs> like... I mean, I, we I knew was the like, mask mandate no, was gonna happen. When I when he's when I see those seventeen bills, I hike you check my bank account. I was like, okay, I guess I'm about to get a fourteen. You said, no, oh, 14, like, what? Here, yeah. you couldn't even do that. You couldn't That's even do that. That's the minimum because again, like these student loans. I mean, my my private 
bro, you might as well cancel. You you need to go ahead and cancel fifty thousand dollars across the board, and then my my student loan be done. Like you know, what I'm saying I might get a re- refund check off that bitch if they do the whole fifty. Anyway, but the the private people not stopping. That was the point I was getting to. Sally Mae still hitting my line, talking about you owe me. So this little pause you do until September 30th, don't do nothing. Ain't helping me. nobody. You know what I'm saying? None of, that's boring. I thought I, I was mean, about to get my little 14. The, the, the big, Buy me a little, little, you know what I'm saying, something. The big ones, I guess, like, yes. Okay, let's not, let's see. Some of these are like major in Trump. The Muslim ban, that's pretty big. The one about um, he changed the arrest priorities for immigration and customs. That's actually like important. Cause like yeah. they're not gonna be like picking up random people <laughs> off the street anymore. Yeah, like some of these are major, but it's still like it doesn't, it doesn't get to where we needed to go. Yeah, and, and I guess I, I will, I'll acknowledge our privilege. We're not immigrants. We are. Yeah, that, so these weren't saying. really concerns for us, and I understand that those probably concerns for a lot of people. Um, but for the people here, and probably the people <laughs> listening, this just, is yeah, just be boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, to your point though, McKenzie, that's what be funny about the Democrats though. They be like, oh, who, who are we representing? And they'll never be trying to represent us. They be trying to like put us in the subtitles and then largely represent everybody else, which them 17 bills, you know, saying they help other people, but huh. Okay, so then here's a question that we we put this out on our Twitter. Like, what what do you want to see him do first? Like, what's his big policy priority that you want to see first? Like, on Twitter, I put it as like COVID, student loans, stimulus, and like criminal justice. Like, well, what which, you want what, to do with COVID? He he said. Well, first of all, first oh, of all, let me tell you my. What do you want to do? With how he gonna he gonna actually, put out a little attack? You know, he said he gonna put out more. You've been in Atlanta. You've been you have been in Atlanta too long. No, because I actually voted for student loans first, and then everybody voted for uh, COVID. So I was like, "Uh, I mean that too." But I'm with McKenzie. I am with you. I need my. I was like, "Oh, because yeah, that deadly virus is killing like almost half four thousand people a day." Yeah, I want my president to work on that. Listen, I'm not. It. I lost close family to it. I know it's real. However. It's like the cold now, like that. Like he said, he gonna put more money for testing. He said he gonna put put more money toward you know vaccines. But realistically, because we didn't handle it, you know how we should have at first. It's out here now. Like these folks not wearing masks for real. These folks don't care no more. These folks is in the clubs. These folks don't care. But then I think don't I think say Georgia. Because everybody is tired of sitting It's not everybody. It's not everybody. It's not everybody. But then I think, Henry, the counterpoint to that is that we've never seen what happens when the federal government and the president is actually involved in trying to stop it. Like, I think Republican governors like. No, but no, but 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 Henry, I think this goes to like the whole thing about like Trump is that like we've never really assessed how little he's actually done on COVID. Like the, like the, the aspect of how like hands off he was on it. And like, he but hasn't done anything on it. And what is Biden about to do? No, what he's talked Biden? about it. Like he's, that he's putting money. Cause a lot yeah, of the like, issues was, was not having enough money to create facilities to distribute the virus. Or just having people That's in place I'm who saying. are smart enough to get it done. Yeah. Like it's like, well, it's just an operational thing. Part. 
Yeah, so stuff like that, like he is doing, I'm I'm sure it'll, well, hopefully it'll go by smoothly. But yeah, like, like he was talking about even sending kids to school again, but like providing on on campus or on um yeah like on campus facilities to make sure everything is safe and stuff like that so stuff like that like like doing. yeah like I, I said that trump has never trump wore a mask one time and i think like yeah. the amount of damage that like or not even the amount of damage the amount of good that he could have done by actually being involved never happened and he is the reason why it's so bad is because the federal government has literally done nothing on it he's basically told every state to make your own decision and if the federal government is actually involved in making sure there's more money for testing, there's more money for this contact tracing and all that, like, I mean, that that has to matter to some degree. Granted, I'm kind of with you, Henry, like the ball's already gone down the road. How can you stop it? But like, it has to be stopped at some point. Well, no, I'm conceding the fact that he said he going he to put my money toward it. Cool. But I mean, put money toward kiss my student dad. So that matter. I mean, Father God, heads up. We're going to go to heads up. All right, since we have six minutes left. So first off, we're going to give a props to the, to the designers on Inauguration Day. Uh, Vice Now Vice President Harris wore two Black designers, including Black, Baton Rouge-born Christopher John Rogers, uh, the ultraviolet dress and coat, and South Carolina native Sergio Hudson. She also wore Haitian-born Hire Moss on Tuesday. So just have to give a shout out. I don't have the name of Michelle Obama's hairstylist, but she deserves a, a Nobel Peace Prize for her efforts for that uh, curl yeah, she bang. Good. Was yeah. Baby. Yeah, yeah, she was baby. Yeah, she had she had them rollers on Ooh. in in that limousine Ooh. on the way to on the way to the Capitol. <laughs> Obama got him. He did day. and Laid was trending on Twitter like yeah, I, I love black that. people so much. <laughs> and then finally, uh, and probably most importantly, this was my favorite part about the inauguration. The best uh, performer there was because all that yes. stuff was uh, um, is Amanda Gorman. Um, she was probably the highlight of the inauguration. She is the youngest poet laureate in U.S. history. Uh, she is 22 years old and is a native of Los Angeles. She graduated from Harvard University and is the author of a 2015 collection of poems entitled The One for Whom Food is Not Enough. She also has three forthcoming books, and I'm sure that will not be the last, so get your money. So shout out to her. And uh, I guess my last thing is, I think Biden needs to sign a executive order banning white people from ever singing Amazing Grace ever Oh, again. fight your boy. I was so, listen, I was literally, y'all know I'm extra. I got, I got, I was like, what the, what? Yeah, like, that bro. Was so disrespectful. That's a Negro like. You could have got Jennifer Hudson, Fantasia, motherfucker. I could go on the list of Henry, people. Henry, you could have got. got Obama. Obama, Obama did that had one. Beyonce. That don't mean all the black people done, sir. Lady Gaga sound terrible. J Lo. I mean, we rather had a Shante voiceover than that. Like that was the most whitewash, unseasoned inaugurate. Well, it probably wasn't, but the ones I've witnessed between Obama and that one. That was the most unseasoned. I mean, shoot, even Bill, even Bill Clinton had uh, LL Cool J in '93. Well, there we go. Well, there we go. I mean, that was terrible, terrible. My ancestors were rolling over in their graves. He said, "Oh my god." What the heck? And then, yeah. and then, he, and then he did the little failed along. call and response. I want y'all to sing along with me. For the right, last verse. right. Boy, shut up. And then you off key. I was like, if mayonnaise had a sound, oh my God. 
it probably sound better than that. Gee, <laughs> like that pissed me off, bro. Like, don't play with my 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 kin folk. Well, they were played we with. Well, they were played <laughs> yeah, with. So, they were right. definitely played with. so that concludes it for the 65th episode of the What's Really Going On podcast. As always, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WRGOPod. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube where you can watch this video in full and recap all of our old episodes. Be sure to like, listen, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Lastly, to stay up to date on all of the updates, get merch, find out more about us, be sure to check out what's really going on pod.com. Henry and Mackenzie, that is all. Thank you. Bye.